every time you think you're out, they pull you back in with a win like Sundays. We'll get into the weekend of games and talk about what was a crazy roster weekend on today's Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Guardians. I am your host, Jeff Ellis. Justin had, I think he said, five flights. He did. He texted me a lot long after this game ended. He should be back tomorrow, but if he's got some jet lag, maybe another day you're stuck with just me. Uh, I am Jeff Ellis, as I previously, previously stated. Uh, we got three big games to talk about. Uh, I always like to give some kudos to those who have been let go. We're going to get into that on the show. Maybe not always the biggest names, but we like to give everyone their moment of shine. And then we'll just get into a roster ridiculous weekend uh, on today's Lockdown Guardians. But let's start with these games. Uh, happy Father's Day, post-Father's Day to all you dads out there. Let's just go through them in order. Friday night's game. Zach Allen on the mound. You know, they Zach Allen's one of the best pitchers in baseball. He's a Cy Young candidate right now. Uh, they looked not great against Gallen. You look at Gallen's final box score. Seven innings, six hits, no walks. Seven strikeouts. He did give up the one home run in this one to Jose Ramirez, his 11th. Yeah, they, they struggled. Uh, they faced a great pitcher. He shut him down. I don't think they managed to walk against the bullpen either. So uh, on average, you get about seven hits. You, you think about two runs. They got one doing that box score bingo. On the other side of things, uh, Tuki Toussaint was all right. For those who you know weren't paying attention. Uh, Tristan McKenzie elbow issue. We'll discuss it more in segment two. I am not feeling good about it. Uh, I think that was as much as everyone was focused on Bo Naylor and Mike Zanino. To me, that is the biggest news of the weekend was the uh, Tristan McKenzie info. Uh, Xavier Curry comes in for one and two thirds innings, gives up two earned runs. And then Aniel De Los Santos comes in and gives up a run. Uh, feels like the last few times for both Curry and De Los Santos, they've been getting up runs when they came in, when they come in. Not the strongest performances of late for them. Sam Henches uh, comes in to get the final out in this one. Cleveland just doesn't have any offense. Can't put anything together in this one. The other side of things, 11 hits for uh, Arizona. And then I think something we got to talk about is for a team that has been known for drafting command artists, developing guys like some command, they've been walking a lot of players in a lot of these games over this past week. It has been an issue. They walk seven. That is, you combine it, that's 18 opportunities. That should come out to about six runs. They only got five for Arizona. Uh, this one was just a, you felt out of it pretty early on from the beginning. If you're a fan of this team uh, who reached base twice, well, there's Jose Ramirez and that's it. If I was trying to look for three stars, I would be hard pressed in this game just because one extra base hit, no stolen bases. You know, the, Bullpen was mediocre. I mean, you'd probably go Henches, you <laughs> go Jose, and then uh, let's see, did anyone have, uh, you know, not have a strikeout and a hit? Maybe Will Brennan, because at least he didn't strike out. I mean, they, they had nine punch outs. They got quite a few in this one. So that's that's Friday's game. After losing two out of three to San Diego, you're hoping that they're going to start turning it on after. But it's the exact same thing as San Diego, which we saw, which is two losses, then the win. And all of a sudden, the offense appears for one game and makes 
the numbers look better than they probably should overall because it's a big offensive game. Uh, just not a lot of consistency. Saturday's game. Tommy Henry isn't very good. This is the game I probably felt the best about on paper. Uh, Bieber, if he only goes seven innings, this game looks better for him. But going into that eighth inning, ends up giving up five runs, only striking out five again. This is the issue. I got into some arguments on Twitter. His value is going to be limited if he can't miss bats. And he is not missing bats. Going seven innings and striking out five, it still puts you below eight for your strikeouts per nine. Uh, and eight is kind of the minimum anymore. Strikeouts are up across baseball every single year for the last five years, unless you're Shane Bieber, where they've been down for the last three years in a row. Uh, it's a serious concern with him. Uh, Nick Sandlin comes in, finishes out that inning, also gives up a run uh, via the home run after uh, when he comes in. But the, the bottom line is it was a tie game. Setting Bieber out in the ace to go through this lineup uh, was questionable. And it blew up in their face, and they got five, four across. Cleveland would come back and get one in the ninth, but it just wouldn't be enough. Uh, now, maybe if they pulled him earlier, if they'd gone. I mean, Class A didn't pitch this weekend. I, and I know that because he's on my so rare team. It was a big old DNP. So maybe if they go to Trevor Steffen in the eighth and Class A in the ninth, maybe they end up winning this. Maybe that run is enough. All of a sudden, we're looking at this whole weekend series and this team a lot differently. If they go and take two out of three from the first place, Arizona Diamondbacks in a very tough NL West and said they dropped two out of three, but this could have been a three to two game. I really sit back and I'm like, why? Uh, Bieber's pitch count for the whole game. If I'm look, if I'm trying to remember, I think he was under a hundred even when he got yanked, but the course of this one, it was just, it, there, it, it, I strongly question that choice to send him out there. Then again, uh, you know, they they went out and when they ran to problems, you know, they, they brought their closer in early. Miguel Castro got the win. Uh, they didn't save him for the save situation. They saw a situation where they needed him for high leverage. Kyle Nelson, they tried to give the save to. It didn't work. Former uh, guardian pitcher has been great for them. But yeah, I don't know. I, I don't want to leave in someone like Shane Bieber in for the eighth because he's someone. And especially once you start getting guys on base because he's a pitch to contact guy. He is not someone who's going to go out there. And strike guys out. We've seen that all year. So, like, my big complaint is you get into, let me pull up the eighth inning in particular. So, he gets this, uh, starts off with the home run. Someone should have been up to begin with. I can't remember if someone was or wasn't now. Uh, then he gets a, a, he struck out Paradomo, but you're at the top of the lineup with McCarthy and Paradomo. So, again, I'm like, why are you doing this? Why are you sending him back through this lineup again? This is just such a mistake. Then the single then gives up another home run. Corbin Carroll, the uh, MVP candidate comes back around. They finally get him out after that. But it, if you just after the McCarthy home run, he should have been out of this game. Shouldn't have been a chance to give up two more runs. Uh, it's just unfortunate the way that played off played out. But at the same time, like they also just offensively uh, <laughs> one of those issues is Quan and Rosario had eight hits. Cleveland had nine. They did manage four walks in this one, but still, that means of their uh, 13 opportunities, if you count the error as a base runner, 14 opportunities, eight of them came from two guys, which then limits your ability to do anything because it's not more balanced throughout. And then you also need those guys running. Like I know Ahmed often swings at first pitches, and this was a great game for him. 
but you needed Quan to steal some bases. So when Ahmed got a single, there's a chance he could score. So you're maybe set up more for someone like Jose to, to have some more sack flies, get some more runs on the board. They needed to be running more in this second game. They needed to not leave Shane Bieber. And there was a way to win this game, even though they, they out hit the Diamondbacks. But there were ways to get it done. Andres Jimenez with his fifth home run, showing some more signs of life. Uh, your people who reach base multiple times in this game were Jimenez, Juan, Rosario. I believe that was it. Uh, <laughs> again, uh, you know, it just some of the deployment is is irksome in this one overall. And I, I think this was a game that could have won. Juan did get the one stolen base. Uh, I would have liked to have just seen more opportunities, more running, not leaving. Uh, Bieber in so long. Quan and Rosario easily two years, two stars in this one. And I think you have to give the other one to Jimenez for one hit, but it was the only extra base hit. Uh, and for the walk, having reached base twice. Uh, pitching wise, you know, Bieber just gets pulled after seven. He's probably a star in this one. Uh, and then today's final game, boy. I mean, this game was over by the fifth. Uh, I felt kind of bad for Bo Naylor because the three pass balls. And then striking out to a guy who's barely hitting 40 miles an hour. Uh, he looked like Zanino out there. It's like, oh, we cut him to get the exact copy. Listen, Bo Naylor's going to have a lot of wild, and they weren't pass balls, they're wild pitches, but those are what people were kind of complaining about with Zanino as well. Uh, Naylor is not a finished product. We are going to see kind of equal defense to what we saw with Zanino out there. Hopefully the offense will pick up a little bit more. He did have one walk in this game, uh, but everyone. Everyone got on base. Uh, I think David Fry, who didn't have an at-bat, is the only player who entered this game and didn't get on base. Uh, One of the weirdest things I've saw all year is Stephen Kwan. One hit, no walks, but scored four runs just because he kept hitting into fielder's choices and then staying on base. Or, you know, it, it, it. you don't see that line a lot where there is one time they're on base. I think one of those errors was uh, when he was hitting. And you get four runs out of it. Uh Ahmed Rosario reached base twice in this one. Who else reached base twice? Andres Jimenez. Uh, and then Miles Straw. I mean, Miles Straw was your on-base champ in this one. He had two hits and two walks. And, of course, no stolen bases. Josh Naylor with the only stolen base. Uh, just I don't know why Straw isn't running. I don't know what's going on there. He should be someone you're thinking could hit 40 this year, and he's, he's not even close. Uh, Tanner Bybee wasn't sharp, but he was effective. And this was the second game in a row. He wasn't as most sharp, but he was a lot more effective with it. You could tell, you know, he had seven hits and three walks. He was averaging two base runners in inning. That's not great, but he only went five, gave up three. Uh, this team desperately needed someone to go a little deeper into games. That was also why they pushed Bieber. I understand because I mean, no one had gone five innings in a while uh, before Bieber went his seven and a third, but uh, Morgan Heron Norris Norris in particular, again, will we're going to eat into a little bit of our segment two time here uh, talking about this game. But Norris was a, uh, those two extra innings were huge for this, <coughs> for this team. Excuse me. Uh, but yeah, it was, it is kind of funny to see, you know, straw and Rosario have identical OPSs virtually a meds at six sixteen, straw at six seventeen. Those are certainly the two whipping boys, but I do want to point out that, like they are not that far off you know, from guys like Juan and Jimenez. They're only about 60 points behind behind them for as much as we, there's smack talk by myself included about Rosario and Straw that those two maybe aren't as, as consistently bad as we think uh, this weekend certainly helped both of their statistical profiles. 
Uh, the box score bingo of this one, 16 hits, four walks. That is, and was there the one error? So 21 opportunities. That should be about seven runs. They got 12. Now you get to 12 when you have an inning like they had in the fourth where you bat around. That That's how you excel, especially when, what, they had three triples, uh, five extra base hits in general. Uh, the other side of things, they had nine hits and, Again, not, you know, the lack of sharpness, seven walks. So 16, that's the thing. Cleveland doesn't walk. I don't know if it's like, is it that Cleveland's pitchers are walking more or Cleveland's hitters just aren't patient enough to get the walks because that was an issue a year ago, but 16 opportunities that should have been good for about five runs for the Diamondbacks only had three. So they underperformed, even though they had three doubles and a home run. Uh, Again, that speaks to Bybee being able to work out of jams and, and be unflappable, which is what they needed. Uh, three stars in this game. Well, like I said, I think you give one to straw for reaching base four times. I know people are going to already accuse me of, uh, you know, my defense of him four hits for Naylor gets him uh, the other one. And then I'm going to Daniel Norris, two innings, no hits, three walks. He got through it. He ate some innings when this team needed it. Uh, one out of three. It was a fun game on Father's Day, a fun gift for the fathers out there. We are going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and talk about the roster craziness that happened over the last few days and you know, give a second for those who've been let go uh, from the Cleveland Guardian system. All in a moment. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right, so the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. And I want to remind everyone to check out SiriusXM for the upcoming series that Cleveland has. Uh, it's not the Brewers. Why am I having a complete? It's the Oakland Athletics. It's Oakland, then it's the Brewers, then it's the Royals. I could not think who it was. But uh, just type Guardians into your search engine, and you will be able to uh, listen to a suddenly much better Oakland Athletics team. Uh, I know Justin wants to talk about Rob Manfred's comments when he gets back, so I'm not going to touch on them he is a jerk a tool and uh, a terrible listen he is there to be the stooge of the owners and that's exactly what he is doing so we'll move on from that in terms of oakland i wanted to see if i could see their last 10 uh they're 19 and 55 i feel like they've had a, a relatively decent run of late we'll get into some more of that on uh, tomorrow's show interesting we'll see if that happens but getting back into the roster craziness because There is no other way around to describe it than roster craziness. So Friday, it gets out. I'm trying to think exactly what time, you know, around 540 my time. So like six, seven. The Zanino is designated for assignment. Toussaint is being called up. Cody Morris is being optioned to AAA. The Zanino was there to open the spot for Toussaint. If you're going to call up a pitcher, you have to send down a pitcher. So even though they're opening up the 40-man spot, they couldn't just bring up a pitcher because you can only have a maximum of 13 pitchers. So you had to send someone down. 
Now, I immediately thought that there could be multiple reasons for sending down Cody Morris, even though they just called him up and he'd pitched a bunches. Uh, the other bit of information we got, and I think the most important bit that uh, they need a starter because Tristan McKenzie's elbow was bothering him, which is a different injury than his previous injury and that he wasn't going to pitch. So they need someone who could come in and just not made sense. And he was lined up to pitch. Uh, if you remember back to when Savale or, Someone got hurt. I can't remember the exactness before Tanner Bybee came up. I made the case for why Toussaint makes the most sense for that, like, uh, arm you can call up and immediately designate for assignment afterwards. And that's exactly what they did here. It was a month later and it was a different situation. But with an injured pitcher, he was always the guy that kind of made sense to go give you three to four innings. And then you can, they'll designate him for assignment. He'll clear waivers. He'll go back to the minors. And it was a nice pay bump for the day for him. And, uh, you know, if he gets claimed, it's an even better situation for him. So it works out well for, for Tukey. But for Cleveland, it was an emergency situation. And when you have the, the plan for Cody Morris was to be a reliever. But if Tristan McKenzie's elbow is a serious issue and he might not pitch for a while, if he might, you know, I think someone talked about when the they did the MRI, there was a UCL injury. Uh, we all know that's not good. And there's often something that when you we talk about UCLs that we then talk about Tommy John afterwards. If that's the case, Tristan McKenzie isn't pitching in Cleveland until sometime late in 2024 and isn't the same command pitcher until 2025. Uh, command takes about a year after they return from surgery to get completely back to where it was. It's a pretty terrible situation to occur. We'll see. Maybe I'm overestimating it, but I thought that was the news of the day. Zanino hasn't been good. Yes, cutting him. I know people were excited about that, but everything else was under this cloud of Tristan McKenzie and his arm. Uh, so you send down Cody Morris in this particular case of all those pitchers because he had pitched recently. Uh, you wanted some fresh arms and maybe you're stretching him out because you don't think you're going to have access to McKenzie. And again, I was, you know, if you listened, I was on Arizona radio this past weekend to talk about this series. And I, I don't know if Gavin Williams gets a call up this year. I don't know if they want all of their great pitchers on the same free agent clock. I think that is something to consider and something they do consider. And, you know, I, I don't know if Cancelo will get to the big leagues this year. I don't know what's going to happen with um, the Espino of it all. I mean, we're still kind of in the holding pattern. He's probably not going to pitch this year, but uh, I don't think we've had any further updates. I, I think there's a hesitancy to move up Williams to have all three this year in the big leagues. I could be wrong, but I feel like Morris is getting stretched out because long-term, I think they would prefer him as a starter because he has the stuff to start. And if he can be healthy and, and moving a guy to the pen doesn't necessarily make him healthier because you're have a chance to pitch every day instead of just that every fifth day and that chance to rest your arm between starts. So I think sending Morris down was a clear sign in this situation to me that I read it as they're going to stretch him out. That that wasn't the original plan, but now everything else happening that uh, there is a good chance they're going to trade Shane Bieber. There is a good chance McKenzie isn't going to pitch this year. Quantrell might be back soon. So that will help their depth a little. We might see either Allen or Bybee back in AAA, likely one of those two. This is a way to then stretch out Morris. So if you do have a trade situation or you know, even with this McKenzie situation, you might not be sending anyone down when Quantrell is ready, right? Because McKenzie's uh, not healthy. So then you have these five now and if the situation occurs where you then do trade Cody Morris or trade Shane Bieber, then Cody Morris could be the guy who steps in, could be that fifth starter. 
I also don't think they are opposed to Hunter Gaddis getting a longer look in this rotation. I'm, I'm just, I know that's not what people want to hear, but I think that's what it sets up for. I do think McKenzie is going to be out for a bit. Uh, I think he'll eventually, when Quantrell is ready, he's going to move into that spot. Your two young arms will stay up in Bybee and Allen because health has been an issue for this rotation. And we'll kind of see from here. Uh, it is not ideal. Uh, they then had the next day, they were down a position player. They called up Bo Naylor for the second day of it. They're going to carry three catchers all year. It's going to be these three. So David Fry, Bo Naylor, and Kim Gallagher. I think that is their preference to have this three-catcher lineup. I think that is what we'll see. And Daniel Norris got the call-up, and he replaced Tuki Jusan, who was designated for assignment. That is your roster fodder spot. Uh, we should also point out uh, Richie Palacios was traded to the Cardinals, I believe, for 100K in cash. Got reported somewhere. Weird that the Cardinals claimed him. Uh, you know, they're a pretty deep team all in all. They also have outfielders for days and they already have too many, but they like those Cleveland castoffs. Um, we really liked Jose for me and they went out and I believe he's hurt and made that trade for him in the off season. Uh, they've sent a you know decent chunk of change to Cleveland for some of their prospects so far between for and Palacios. So I thought that was kind of an interesting landing. But yeah, lots of roster moves. It's, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, McKenzie is officially on the disabled list now. I believe so. Uh, I'm trying to remember the exact one. Yeah, he is on the IL with a right elbow strain. We had Bo Naylor, Tim Heron, and Daniel Norris called up uh, with the Tuki Toussaint being designated for assignment. So that meant that because they originally didn't put McKenzie on the DL when they called up when they called up Tuki, Tuki replaced Cody Morris and Mike Zanino. Those two moves got Tuki up. So when you got rid of Tuki, then they allowed them to bring in two new relievers. Next time through the rotation, we'll probably see Hunter Gattis start unless Quantrell's ready to go. You know, they have this off day in the week to help kind of reorganize things. But we should see Bo. Bo's not going to catch Bieber because Bieber is very particular about his catcher. He knows Gallagher. It's going to go well there. Uh, Bo has caught, you know, Bybee and Allen before, so he might catch them because of of more knowledge with them. I I bet we'll see Gallagher with Sanino, or not Sanino, with uh, Savale. And then... Yeah, uh, Hunter Gass in that fifth spot is likely until Quantrell is healthy, and then we'll see from there. But that is, I think, what we're looking at with this team right now. So we're going to come back from a quick break and take a moment and give some guys who uh, deserve some due their due on today's Locked On Guardians. want to remind you to check out SiriusXM. Uh, just type Guardians into the SiriusXM app. You'll be able to check out this upcoming series against Oakland on SiriusXM. Okay, so... <coughs> so long, you know, farewell, Avita Zen, goodnight, uh, to Brett Daniels. Uh, on top of, you know, we'll see what happens with Mike Zanino. There's an outside chance he is back catching in AAA. Uh, he clears waivers and decides he wants to collect his money. I mean, that's what happens with Zach Plesak. Like he's still got a contract, I believe uh, with someone like Zanino. And like we've seen with various, you know, I think of Scott Kingery and some of those guys, the teams have taken off their 40 man roster. Uh, is it, uh, the angels currently with um, is it David Fletcher, the second baseman who's actually playing pretty decently for them in triple uh, a, but again, that triple a part is pretty terrible, but I believe Zanino, there's a chance he just ends up the triple a catcher for a bit. Uh, so I don't think he's gone. We already mentioned Richie Palacios, but Brett Daniels was one of those guys filling in a relief role, uh, bouncing double and triple a 
had some success at double A and very limited innings in triple A wasn't going as well. Cleveland's moving around some guys. Uh, should also point out Jamie Arias, Jaime Arias, who we've uh, talked about on the show multiple times is the good organizational soldier suspended 80 games for um, performance enhancing or just for a uh, substance. It's not always performance enhancing in the minors. I'm not going to imply anything. I don't have any knowledge, but uh, he is someone who they lost access to another arm. He was one of those guys. He was basically their Tanner Tully since Tanner Tully, I believe went to the Yankees. Uh, they released Angel Mendoza, five foot ten outfielder from Venezuela. He is, is he really 22? That feels, that kind of explains why he was like, oh, uh, 62 at bats in the ACL. Numbers were not strong. He was, uh, you know, signed in 2019. And at this point in time, I'm sorry, no, he'd be 21. Uh, just did not, you know, been able to get himself into a point where he was able to show enough or do enough. And that's kind of going to be the story with a lot of these players that I talk about today. These are the players who you let go in the little minors you probably aren't familiar with, but uh, yeah, uh, Jesus or Jesus, I'm not sure. Lara signed July 2nd, 2018, five, eight shortstop. Like the, this was probably the name that was the most familiar to me amongst this group. Uh, he had not played in Arizona, in the A Arizona league since 2021. Uh, you know, he was assigned to the guardians roster status. He just, I'm not sure if there's an injury or what occurred in there, but last year and this year, he didn't have any data. Uh, he doesn't actually have a birthday on his homepage. He was one of those players they moved on from. Uh, Edgar Garmargo was an interesting one. He is 21 years of age, just because I vaguely remembered him because, uh, after I talked about him after the 2021 season, because Cleveland signed him after the Cubs let him go. He had not played at all this year. He had in the ACL, all of two plate appearances last year was kind of a backup catcher, older player that they were kind of, you know, older being like 21 for Arizona. And then uh, Henier Gomez had the most returns when I was looking up guys. Uh, he was going to turn 21 in August. He had never played uh, in Arizona uh, he was assigned to the ACL Guardians in 2022. Uh, he never played in Arizona. His last stats were for the Dominican Summer League back in 2019. So another player. You know, all these guys got closer to the big leagues than I believe anyone listening to this podcast. So I just like to give those guys a bit of a shout out and a moment because uh, this is the moment they get. Unfortunately, I like to make sure no one kind of passes through the night unknown. Uh, everyone goes out and tries their hardest. It's not an easy game to make it tomorrow's show. We'll have Justin back. We'll, uh, you know, we'll look a little bit at the Oakland athletics. Uh, there's not too much for us to dive into there, but we're going to spend some time on that. We're going to talk prospects. We're probably going to talk some draft. Paul Skeens definitely had a lot of people, uh, thirsting for him after this weekend, had a lot of people comparing him to Steven Strasburg. You know, he's he's going to be an interesting player. I, I am still Dylan Cruz all the way. But uh, it was I saw CBS did a mock. A lot of people are just falling on Colt Emerson to Cleveland. I I don't think so. I'm going to put it that way. I don't think they're going to go. I think this is a college-heavy team now. I would be looking for a college guy. Maybe talk some draft tomorrow. I might do a mock over on my personal site. You can... I'll, I'll link it through my Twitter at Draft if you want to see or watch that. But uh, thank you all for being a part of the Lockdown Guardians listenership and or team. Uh, hopefully this team's, listen, that's two straight series losses after they won 
four out of five series with a tie in the middle. And the nice thing is Milwaukee is scuffling. Uh, and we do get Corbin Burns in that one. Oakland is Oakland, a team designed to fail. The Royals are worse than Oakland, and Cleveland has them. There's some room in the schedule to make up some ground. If they want to, they're currently two and a half back of the 500 Twins. Five games under 500. If they want to start making some moves in terms of the standings, it has to happen now. They have to, you know, they need to sweep Oakland. They need to sweep Kansas City. They need to take... They, they need Shane Bieber to beat Wade Miley. They need Tanner Bybee to beat Freddie Peralta before facing Corbin Burns. It's the team that needs to go on a hot stretch, a real prolonged one, win four games in a row, sweep a series. Thank you all for listening, being part of the Lockdown Guardians team, being an everydayer. Uh, Devin, I feel like, uh, always likes the tweets when I put up a now. Uh, you know, thank you to him. Nathan Kingsley, are you still listening? I used to like our conversations. I would love to hear what you were up to. Shroom Media. That was someone like two years ago who'd come in every day. I don't know what happened to him. Uh, Zal Zenner. These are the names of the guys I remember are old school every day. So I'd love to hear from some of them. But uh, thank you all who are an everyday or a part-timer. Please download daily review. Uh, do your part to be part of the Lockdown Guardians team. And go, go, Guardians, go.